Previously on the Galactica Quorum. We didn't have to use a flashback, clearly, but it'd be nice to find out why Starbuck is so damaged. I just don't understand why she hates herself so much. I think they need to uh, find a, a ship psychiatrist, and she needs to just hash all this crap out, get it out of their system. They want to almost push it as far as they can go to make, how much can we make people really despise the things she's doing, make us hate her, then pull back just a little bit so she does something where she redeems herself. I loved her. I thought she was great, and now I'm like, I could care less. Like, why don't they just come to this lady all the time? Because she obviously knows the secret to everything. So now we're bringing up whether Starbucks a final five. It's head be open. Welcome to the Galactica Quorum. This is episode number 14. We're a podcast about Battlestar Galactica. Today we're talking about the episode Maelstrom. My name is Brian, and with me today is... Dimitri. Michelle. Jason. Our email, if you'd like to reach us, is gquorum at gmail.com. That's spelled G-Q-U-O-R-U-M. We have a voicemail, 206-2020-BSG. And our website, galacticaquorum.com. We have uh, forums there and a frapper map. So come on and leave some comments and join the discussion. Up front, we have not listened to the official World of More podcast. We will not be discussing any spoilers for upcoming episodes. That includes previews, but we'll be doing lots of speculation. Up front, I've never actually listened to any of the podcast. Aww. His podcasts or our podcasts? His. Both. Oh. <laughs> yeah, both. <laughs> it's kind of like writing the stories. It's like once they're once I've spent a month like writing and or editing, I don't actually want to see them again for a while. I like listening to the podcasts after they come out to get uh, insight in the episode. Shouldn't the insights into the characters be in the show and not in the podcast by the director? That's, that's, see, that's a big marketing question right there. That's the key. There's nothing wrong with using the internet and podcast and all that to further your show, but someone watching the show should never have to go to that to find out what's going on because you're more likely to just have people stop watching the show than to take the extra effort to do that other stuff. Right. The show has to be self-contained, and then the podcast, the internet sites are extra. If any show should have an insight divulging podcast could be lost. Just for Jason and I, maybe we can catch up again. <laughs> I, I deleted them all from my team, though. I stopped. I can't take it anymore. <laughs> Do we have any more information about cons, or is it still the same? The only other new thing I have is about Trisha Helfer being on Supernatural on March 15th. Oh. She's in an episode called Roadkill. It was originally supposed to air February 22nd, but they changed it to March 15th, so since that's coming up soon. Last time we mentioned the icon at Stony Brook. just want to bring that up again. That's in Stony Brook, New York, March 21st to the 23rd. Jamie Bamber will be there, and I'll have a link to that on our website if you were interested in that, going to that convention. Crap, I forgot something. Just talk amongst yourselves for a second. I think the AC is coming. I think Brian forgot his uh, Raptor mobile. He has, he has a package. Has I a, have a package too. Yeah. <laughs> he has a little. He has a plain brown envelope. It looks like mini porn. All right. Did you order something? Porter. All right. Porter. We've, Porter dis- we, we've discussed what we're going to do for our Battlestar Uh-oh. stuff. And I said I wanted to put together a costume. I'm putting my money where my mouth is. 
I'm opening up the envelope. And, it's and the winner is... And the winner is... On my car neck. Marissa oh. Tomei. <laughs> Check Marissa it out. Tomei. Here's the first bit. Sweet. These are huh. patches. I'm stick these on your shoulders. Yeah, those are the patches. That's a Viper patch. I like you. And a... The Galactica patch. I'm actually not allowed to touch those. Yeah, he's got his cold. Well, no, I mean because I'm not that big a geek. Oh. But yes, I have a cold as well. Also... I'll just be infecting the crew. For those of our audience who think Jason's a geek, please email us because (laughs) he can't sit over there and say he's not a geek when he's sitting in on... Can we set up a poll? Yeah, okay. (laughs) I got one other item. What is that? These are... It sounds like pins. Captain or Admiral oh, pins. Oh, check that out! Now those are Captain pins. I got those. I didn't, That's I didn't think awesome. I was, and one of them is the Junior Flight pin. And you those, need to get dog tags now. Yeah, those are available too. Um, now, where I got these, I got these off of eBay. Uh, cool. The pins came from... There's a guy who actually got a Singapore. That's where those came from. Patches came from another vendor. Patches. Patches. We don't need no stinking patches. <laughs> Not the actual clothes. It isn't the quote. The quote is badges. Badges. And we don't need those either. The patches are from another vendor who is in the U.S. And you can search for them yourself. I don't, I'm not sure I want to like totally divulge where a lot of this comes from because it's one of those things where I don't want to like bring the hammer of the legal department down on anybody. I don't think they listen to us, but you never know. But it's not hard for you just to go look for yourself and see. One other item. Dimitri and I have always been talking about no. the gun. You did not. Did you make? Did you it? make a gun? No. <laughs> now look, this is on the down low. I don't want anybody calling the FBI and put me in Guantanamo. This is a resin, resin version. Me and Dimitri have been looking at ways of uh, using modeling clay, resin, and rubber mold to attach to a base okay, I don't gun. I need to hold it. <laughs> I like it. Actually, it turned out pretty well. The way it's. Uh, I mean, it's not as sharp as some of the... The edges aren't, aren't The edges aren't sharp. It's sharp. a single molded piece. Uh, the ones I've seen on some other site, uh, the guy that took basically a Colt Python and he attached resin, his own resin parts to it. And uh, those are really looks nice. That's what we're aiming for. Who so. was it that has the, uh, the Buffy fan that actually has like one of the Buffy outfits? That's not me. Okay. I just, the I was, only Buffy outfit I like is the birthday suit. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, I was having a discussion, and it was within it was it was at a conference recently where there were some big Buffy fans, and the guy and his wife actually bought one of the Buffy worn costumes from the show and had it on a mannequin in their house. And I'm starting to picture this in Brian's house. <laughs> no, I'm not going. I go want the Lee Adama fat uniform. <laughs> you know what? I'm not going to go that far. But if you're a Serenity Firefly fan, if you go to the prop store of London, there's a website you can buy. Pretty much every costume from that movie. Prices are, as you'd expect, kind of ridiculous. They go from anywhere from $800 to 4000 depending on if you want Mal's outfit or Inara's costume or Kaylee's jumpsuit or whatever. But I would assume Inara's are more expensive. Yeah, the, well, that River's outfit and all, you know, all those are... Yeah. Speaking Greek. You don't know Firefly? Never watched Firefly. You didn't? And I know I should because I'm a big Joss Whedon fan. But. Huh. Let's do some viewer mail. This one comes from Brian... The build-up to the trial may have unforeseen consequences. A legal system will finally be in place, and people such as Hilo, Adama, Lee, Starbuck, Chief, Athena, Gaeta, and Rosin may well find themselves in the defendant's seat. Can you imagine a BSG where actions could result in consequences somewhere in between a couple of hours in the brig and the nearest airlock? 
I don't want to see BSG courtroom drama. Or Law and Order BSG. Yeah, or yeah. I don't need a lot of focus on the semantics doink, doink. of Capricorn Law versus Aralon Law versus Gemini's Law. Yeah, I don't think anyone wants to see that. But the underlying point is, though, that they've gotten a free pass with pretty much all of the indiscretions that they've had and all the breaches of couldn't conduct. They, couldn't they just leave Baltar in jail indefinitely as a terrorist and then done? Yeah, this show's done such a great job of paralleling like the current war on terrorism. Why can't Rosalind just get a, her own self-appointed court to say... You're a terrorist. You do not have rights. You do not have this. We will get back to questioning you when we feel like we have to. Or when we have time and we have nothing yeah, else we don't have time. We don't have time to worry about this right now. I mean, granted, you know, that doesn't really work in We the show, will deal with you on Earth. Yeah. You're so good at finding Earth, you find it, and then we'll deal with you. All right, let's move on to a wrap-up of the previous show, Dirty Hands. That was horrible. Didn't we discuss how bad this was? We did, I, we and did. I want to just bring something up, because in the Ronald D. Moore podcast, he admits... It was crap. Uh, no, he admits that the middle episodes are not always very good. And he's admits that uh, season two, there was definitely a downtrend. And this season, there was also a downtrend. He feels that, however, Dirty Hands was a... I don't know if he outright praised it, but he thought it wasn't as bad as the other ones. But he definitely thought that they're having some difficulties with those. And one thing that actually was explained was that episode was originally slated to go... Before the dead wife episode. So that would have explained the chief's behavior much better. Did he say that? Yes, he did. Isn't that what I told you? That's what we talked about. Okay. See the value of the, the podcast? No. <laughs> and one other tidbit was it said that he was the one who actually had wrote the scene about Adama threatening to execute Callie, which to me is disappointing because if the guy that's heading the ship writes a scene that to me is really out of joint with the characterization as I feel... A little bit disconcerting to me. I was going to pin that on the writer of the episode, but it actually it falls at his feet. So Is he on any other projects right now? No, and actually that's another thing that he brings up is he kind of mentions in passing the Caprica series. He's like, if it happens or if it doesn't happen. And it sounds like mm, there's no definitive yes or no from the network about what's going to happen. It seems like it's up on the air right now. Did he explain why it didn't run in order? There was something about how they're having trouble making the wife episode work because it was it wasn't very good so by the time they were reshuffling things around they thought just for the overall pacing they had to move them i mean granted his bad days are more creative than my good days yeah so we're moving on to maelstrom i'll give you a quick synopsis before we go into it starbuck is having an intense dream induced by memories of her old apartment leoban and too many late night cinemax movies but it's only a dream and she gives in to him. But the combination of the ominous Vortex artwork, messy Cylon love, and a quizzical look from Hot Dog in the bunk above drive her to go see an oracle. Using a leftover prop from the Fellowship of the Ring, the oracle intones that Leoban knows Starbuck better than she knows herself, that he's coming for her. Stuff she already knows, but just enough to freak her out even more. The next day, she's flying patrol during refueling operations. She's made quite an impression on Hot Dog, who's flying inverted to see what she might be doing in her cockpit. Suddenly, she sees a heavy raider in the clouds, and she goes to pursue, but while it seemed real to her, no one else saw it. Lee wonders whether to ground her, but there are foreboding signs. Lights blink out when Starbuck passes by, and their discussion by the memorial wall is more like walking through a graveyard. They go on patrol again, and Starbuck sees the raider again. This time, the phantom ship seems to do real damage, and she's knocked into another time and place, a vision of her life on Caprica six years ago. A more subdued Leoban, now in full David Duchovny mode, 
acts as the ghost of Christmas past, guiding her to the critical parting with her abusive mother. She reconciles with her mother and somehow gains the confidence to not be afraid of the next step, whatever that may be. Now back in her cockpit and with Lee imploring her to pull out of the tightening maelstrom, she sees the choice before her. It's not a dream, not to her, and she gives in to her fate and embraces the unknown. Like David Bowman in 2001 before her, she's going to break on through to the other side. Roll credits. <laughs> you are good at that. I want to be a writer. What can I say? <laughs> Wait, what was the last part? Actually, I was intrigued because I was thinking, wow, this synopsis is so much more clear and seems and makes the episode seem so much more interesting. So to you, the episode wasn't uh, that very good. It was above... It's such a throwaway episode. There you go. <laughs> it was... <laughs> It was major ab- character dies. Yeah, it was above yeah. average. It was above average. It's you know, it's better than a lot of the stuff on TV. For them, it wasn't that good. But I just thought it just drug it out. It's like they should like that. They should have mixed in another storyline. What do you guys think? And I could. I, I enjoyed it flat out. It was an A for me. You know, no matter what you guys say for the rest of the podcast, I liked it. <laughs> Gee, Dimitri, I enjoyed it. I have to say, this is it, one of those episodes that makes me really want to watch. It was. It was show. a fun episode. Yeah. I'm not sure. Okay, you know, I'm not the smartest guy in the room, but uh, I just, I just, had, it was just a really good sci-fi show for me. It had all the sci-fi things that I was that I wanted. I wouldn't take that bet. But you're not the smartest guy in the room. Oh, okay. That would be me. You know the guy. You kind of had the sense that something big was going to happen, just from like I said, all the little signs and hints they were throwing around. When Starbuck met the Admiral on the deck, and he asked her what's happening, and she says. Nothing but the rain, which was a complete callback to the miniseries. Right, and you don't have something called back all the way to the beginning unless something really big never, is going to happen. And they never said what that really meant. It was just a little thing between them. No, but they did. They did in the miniseries when she's flying, or yeah, it's in the miniseries, and she blows up a whole bunch of ships, and the debris starts hitting her cockpit, and the admiral asks her, "What do you hear?" And she says, "Nothing but the rain." So that's what that's what That's what it is from all the debris hitting the cockpit. Okay. You kind of got the sense that this was going to happen. And for me, you could say not much happened and it was all leading up to one thing. But to give the gravity for what's going to happen to this character, I felt like they spent the adequate amount of time that they needed to do. Yeah. I mean, some of that was just a little cliched to me. I mean, you know, because all of a sudden she said, oh, I want to be up there right by cat. Yeah, the person I forgave on their deathbed. And I also think that Starbuck actually really did respect Kat, even though they butt heads all the time and they were competing all the time. I think she respected her because of that. And is this the end for Anders? Hmm. Was he in this episode? Yeah. He was. He basically comes over to the Galactica for a quickie and then leaves. Yeah. I guess there's no point in him being around. Yeah. What I liked was there's no sparks between her and Apollo. We've had all these times when they were like, oh... These meaningful glances. And yeah, she just let him go. She, it was, I, I really liked that. It felt satisfying. It felt real. Starbuck in this episode for me was, for once, the balance of being vulnerable and her bravado. It wasn't too over the top. In the past, she was either too far out forceful or she was too self-destructive to be sympathetic. I felt they found a good line here. And her performance is excellent. So that, was to me, was an accomplishment that Starbuck did not annoy me. Well, and if they had started that a couple episodes earlier... I would have been more affected by the death. They had just spent most of this season making her such a a not fun character that this quick revelation seemed a little for you know this quick redemption seemed a little forced. And when she died, I was like, or you know, or not died, depending on little lines here and there, it just didn't really bother me. Now I agree with that because I no longer like her. 
Yeah. I was kind of like, eh, oh well. Plus, well, she was barely in the last three episodes. So yeah. it wasn't like, I didn't need 27 scenes in one episode of Starbuck going crazy. If they'd have kind of sprinkled some of these scenes into previous episodes, it would have made more sense. Right. To have, you know, like a, almost like a little little mini arc within like two or three episodes. It's like, hey, Starbuck, she seems to be getting over herself, but she's also going a little bit crazy. As opposed to cramming it all into one episode. I like that they brought, as Dimitri had brought up several times, he wanted to see why she was so messed up. I like that they brought that in. I mean, we all knew she was messed up, and we all knew why she was messed up, but it was nice seeing some of it. Yeah, well, I also mentioned before that she should go see a shrink, and then Andrew said, well, you know, you should go see a shrink. Yeah. <laughs> or the Oracle. What's the one? The Oracle, Oracle, I thought, was too young. She should have been a little bit yeah, older. I did not like the Oracle in this one. I was like, where is Amanda Plummer? She was really good as the Oracle on New Caprica. Well, they should have just gotten any old lady. This and one I don't like, understand why the Oracle was crying. She was like, uh, looked like a stand-in. Maybe that's the way the Oracle orcs. She was too she young. Cries. She didn't seem like she had the gravitas to be an Oracle. Most Oracles, sometimes they, in the past, they've had them speak in like this phrasing that it's really ambiguous. This one... Like the, like the Oracle of Delphi. She spoke and out. everything was just on the button and she knew everything. I'm like, why don't they just come to this lady all the time? Because she obviously knows the secret to everything. Yeah, somebody go to... Are we going to find Earth? Yeah. So I do like that... Uh, what was the other thing? Hilo said that they were taking Hera to a psychiatrist. Yeah, that needs to She's be She's what, like a year and a half old? She doesn't even right. talk yet. So again, either advanced psychiatrist... Or this kid's Cylon genes are kicking in, and it's time to start putting her in a little room. I just don't. I don't. I don't get it. I don't yeah. get that at all. Yeah. That really just blew my mind. That that was just like a drop line. If they're concerned about Starbuck going crazy, he couldn't talk to Leoven. But you had the president who went through her own little religious kind of things a couple seasons ago that could have talked to Starbuck. You had Caprica Six on the ship. You could have talked to her about what went on with Starbuck. We, you know, what were you guys doing to Starbuck on the planet? Because she never told us. There was a lot of convenient forgetting to ram this episode through. This actually could have been a two-parter. That would have been cool. Wait a minute. You First you thought it was too stretched out because it had all this stuff, and now you're saying you wanted it to well, be a two-parter? Well, it was too stretched out for just the Starbuck going crazy and dies. You could have mixed in other elements to the story as opposed to just Starbuck revisiting her past and making peace with everyone she's ever wronged. Unless you're trying to show that she really had no friends left on the on Galactica because nobody really cared enough to try to help her. I mean, the one conversation about trying to help her was, think she can still fly? Oh, yeah, I guess. Okay. There was not a lot of concern, which may have just backed up the idea that the character itself was not didn't really garner a lot of concern from other people lately. And the whole thing was about her destiny. How can her destiny just be dying. Watch this dude. It's that line well, from... Well, how do you know she's dead? Well, yeah, that, it's, exactly. it's the line from Leoben. Something about exploring the space between life and death. Yeah, that was... Might be the key. Yeah, that's what he key. says. I mean, she had her hand on the eject lever right before the ship blew up, so she could have ejected. She could be at the bottom of the yeah. planet. Oh, and that would be new. Starbucks surviving yet another crash. I don't know if she'd survive. I, I, did they say, like, it's a gas giant they were around? Or? Right. She, they said They're, if she got below the hard deck... The Viper would be crushed by the pressure. I mean, it's so. not just the Viper that would get crushed. Well, yeah, the she person. would be. Right. Well, I mean, since it was the Eye of Jupiter, maybe uh, there's some sort of thing down there, kind of like the abyss where you go down, but you should be crushed because of all the water, but there's an alien ship and you don't die. 
So maybe something like that. Or maybe yeah. I mean, who knows? Maybe there's an alien may, race. May, then maybe the maybe the maybe that's next, where the, maybe that's where maybe that's where the final five. The, the being final five exactly. She's, she's just returning home. She's just returning home. So now we're bringing up whether Starbucks a final five. No. You have to. That's you like, have to because if she, said, if she she's a huge character and she possibly could have died. And if she ejected, then she's going to get squashed like a bug. So they just you know whatever. They've set the rest of the season up as the really the only... There's not a mystery of, will they find Earth at the end of the season? The whole mystery they've set up is, who are the final five? So, yeah, any discussion of the show is, is it this person? Is it that person? It's kind of like, it used to be just, are they a Cylon? Now it's, are they final five? What about where she says to Leoben, you're not Leoben? And he says, I didn't say I was. Well, it's a hallucination, so, I mean, it's it's whatever... Hallucinations don't have to make sense, right? Yeah, but was it a hallucination? That's the whole thing. It's like... It's head Leoben. Head Leoben. <laughs> Maybe so. Yeah, that might make sense. So basically, this whole race is fracked up. Everybody's got, like, a little person in their head. Well, if you think about it, I mean, the, how are they making oxygen? The, the air's got to be thin on, on those ships. So, you know, it would make sense that they're uh, hallucinating a little bit. Going a little wacky. Yeah. How do they make oxygen? I don't know. You split. Yeah, water, 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 water atoms. Algae. Algae. We're all getting high off the algae oxygen. See, this is the thing. If if somehow Starbuck is not dead and survives, then they've opened up this whole can of worms. It's kind of like the end of Raiders of Lost Ark, where for a long time they've been skirting the issue about the Ark being this mystical divine device. And you're like, yeah, okay, I can see that maybe. It's, it hums a little bit, whatever. But then at the end, the top blows off and these avenging angels pour out. And you're like, oh, okay, yeah, definitely got some mystical stuff going on. So if somehow Starbucks now you know, passes through the monolith, and to use a 2001 reference again, we've really crossed into a different plane. No pun intended. It's, it's sort of like... You know, the hard science of Battlestar has just taken a leap somewhere else, don't you think? Well, what if uh, if you guys don't think the Heavy Raider was an illusion? What if the Heavy Raider picked her up as soon as she ejected? Well, that could be true. And Leoben, we, did, we, did, she, we did establish you can you can survive getting thrown against the back wall of a raptor. Leoben's flying it, you know, so uh, she ejects. They pick her up, you know, and they take off. Now they have her again. Okay. Sending her off to her new destiny. But I don't think that Lee... I think Lee would have noticed the canopy flying off before it exploded. Not necessarily. I mean, it exploded I mean, pretty it's, well. It exploded pretty well. It's it's a huge red hurricane-type effect. I mean, there's all kinds of things. It's, it's not, not saying that he's going to be able to see a, a little glass window come off. I agree. We can't rely on Lee's vision, his eyewitness. We can't rely on it. Let's see. Other notes? Other details? Anything you saw that you particularly stood out? I like the water running across the uh, Viper windshields when they were flying over the clouds. Oh, yeah. Condensation. Yeah. like that. Everybody saw them, but there were many uh, references to the eye of Jupiter, which I thought were interesting, I guess. The hurricane itself in the memorial room, the wax dripping on the bench or the table or whatever it was. So, I mean, all those references to the eye of Jupiter and Starbuck being near them, she's not dead. She was going home. Yeah. To her bitch mother. Because they never established a, uh, a father. Her father is Leoben. Ew. Her okay, father is midichlorians. Now that just makes it gross. <laughs> well, why not? Her father is midichlorians. Midichlorians. 
Uh, I like the set design of uh, her house or the mother's house. I mean, it's a small thing, but usually sci-fi shows and everything, they tend to be this utopian white. And obviously Battlestar, the ship is dark and grungy, but it's a ship. You expect it to be humming and just something with, you know, all this machinery and whatever. But a, a set on a house, it just, I liked how they did it. It's, it just seemed like it wasn't too... You know, like the mom's house was all pristine and white and perfect, and Starbucks apartment was all messy, like total rebellion. Yeah, yeah. It was gray and dingy and just messy. And now they're—it's the way kids are. And they're now they're down another Viper. Unfortunately, it's a Mark II. I love the Mark IIs. I could care less about the Mark Sevens. And last episode, they were down a Raptor. So even without any engagements and not seeing any Cylons for fifty days, they're losing military hardware left and right. We were talking before about effects. I really totally dug just seeing all the Viper action. It was really pretty awesome. It was about time they put more special effects in there. Most of it was special effects. There wasn't a lot of on-ship stuff. There was a lot of budget on paint, on white paint. (laughs) (laughs) That whole scene. Yeah, it was a little weird. (laughs) It's like that old Bo Derek Tarzan movie (laughs) in the early 80s. I personally, I enjoyed uh, Hot Dog. Staring at her the whole time while she's having this hot dream. Like, a little, like a little brother? He's so dirty. They're turning him into this little dirty boy. What do you mean he's dirty? He's dirty. He's cooped up on a ship and he doesn't have a girlfriend. <laughs> and there's a girl below him who's having an orgasm. Oh, this is not dirty. That's normal. I also refuse to believe that a Viper pilot couldn't get a girlfriend. Personally, I think that he should have had his pants down. Ew. I mean, the Viper pilot should be able to just walk down the hall and go, You, here. Top yeah. dog. I don't care. Who cares? Well, apparently he had a girlfriend in the previous episode. Or some girl. <laughs> he doesn't need a girlfriend. He just needs a um, a buddy. A buddy. So do you think there's any reason why they chose the heavy raider as the one ship? Well, yeah, a Cylon raider wouldn't make sense because there's not actually a person in the raider. Right. A heavy raider, you could surmise that... Maybe Leoban was following in her. Leoban's yeah. following her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, is it actually determined whether... At the end, there was one brief part where Apollo was following, and there's a flash. And from his point of view, it shows her ship, and there's like a second of the other ship. Uh, unless I'm remembering that totally wrong. Does it no, mean? he saw it. So, oh, yeah, I think he did see the Raider. No one saw it the first time, and I think he saw it the second time. Yeah, I think he did. So probably it was one then? I, I, uh, I'm I, thought, still I thought that scene was uh, just a shot of... Apollo seeing Starbuck in front of him. I don't think it was... No, I there was a raider in there. There's a raider in there. When they were going into the cloud? Yeah. Downwards? Yeah, I thought, in the he, dark. Saw, I thought he saw a raider. He did. Not initially when she started chasing, but I thought Right before he saw the, the big kablooey. Yeah. He saw it. I, I, I know what you're talking about, but from my point of view, that was a third-person shot of the two ships going down. No, it was from his cockpit. How about the bonus scene? My other thing is right. I don't think we needed to see it. Yeah, yeah. to me it wasn't a bonus scene. It was a deleted it, scene. It's, yeah, yeah. Exactly. The semantics are subtle, but it was a deleted scene because the whole scene made no sense. It didn't fit with the rest of the episode. Why would she care about... Well, it could have fit if you played it and then the story could be she blew up not because she wanted to, but because the chief didn't check her hydraulics and she couldn't get lift or... Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, a bonus scene is the scene between Six and Rosalind. <laughs> right. That was a bonus scene. This was definitely a deleted scene. A bonus scene, it should be like a little a little teaser for next week, but not a preview. Just want to throw out, I liked the performance by the mother. I thought she was good. 
Ron Moore talked on his podcast about how, for whatever reason, the casting of Adama's wife didn't seem to like, they didn't have any chemistry. I thought in this episode, they really, they found someone who uh, embodied what I envisioned her mother to be. Do we know everything about Starbucks past? Do you think this was enough? Does it, did this fill out all that's written in the writer's Bible? Or is there yet more that we will be shown? I think this was enough. Yeah. If they could show us more, you know, whatever. But for me, this was enough. It was enough to establish why she was so messed up in the head. Now, as far as her destiny goes, maybe we do need more of her past life. Your past life has nothing to do with your destiny. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. It molds it. you. Yeah, but destinies have been, uh, you know, if it's if it's like the destiny has been written in stone kind of thing and it was written 4,000 years ago, it doesn't matter what she did in her first 25 years of life. It prepares you. Okay, but it doesn't show what the destiny is. No. It can prepare you for the event, but it's not going to give us a, a clue of what the event is. Let's write the episode. Who wants to go first? Dimitri. Because he already went. Oh, yeah, he said it was an A. Yeah, but it's supposed to be a color. Oh, that's right. Now we're going to get clues about how his color system works. I figured Go it ahead. <laughs> um, day glow orange. Well, see, I want to say more of a chartreuse. I'm going to say it's uh, black with white polka dots. <laughs> Michelle? I'm going to give it a B, just because I really liked it. And it, it really is one of those episodes that it's the reason why I watched the show. So I liked it. I was very happy with it. I thought it was awesome. So why not an A? I mean, a B is a. a there's got to be some debate. Because it was I, awesome and is what you no, want. No, because I agree. There should have been maybe another storyline going on at the same time. Because it wasn't because an A episode like the rescue from New Caprica episodes. It didn't reach that level. Right. Well, yeah. none of the shows are going to have multiple shows like a soap opera. Even the the rescue was just one story. But it was a great episode. Well, but the saying, rescue showed the perspective of Galactica and showed the perspective of the people on the planet. But it was only one story. But you're not going to, if you're going to. But it was two perspectives. If you didn't like it, it didn't have more than one storyline, then all your grades from now until the end are going to be B's. Fine. Well, see, the thing with the yeah. new Caprica. I would be happy if they started putting out a bunch of B episodes again. I think what would made the new Caprica stuff successful was that. They were forced to have multiple storylines because they had people in different locales. There was people up in space. There was people down on the planet. And so they, they had to have running threads that were running parallel but not meeting each other. And they kind of did that in the first season with Hilo on Caprica and the fleet off where they were. And now that everyone is all in together, even Balthar is back, that everything is all together. So I, maybe they don't feel inclined or feel the need to split things up. I, I like this episode. I mean, even though it was a, a single episode and it focused entirely on her, I thought it transcended some of the previous episodes, especially, which seemed pedestrian and ham-handed and preachy. This one, I thought it rose all above that. It had a deft touch, and it gave the right amount of focus to what happened to a major character. So I yeah, I was going to say A, but you brought out some points, so I'll B+. Plus. A minus, straddle that line, I guess, for me. Jason? I would have started at B. I give it a B minus now. I've actually went down. Hey, yeah. but this is these are pretty good grades. We haven't given good grades in a long time. Yeah. Uh, my grade could definitely change depending on what they do with the reaction to Starbucks, quote-unquote, death and 
what turns out with her. I mean, if they open up the next episode with her standing on the planet or standing somewhere, I don't know. The grade might have to change. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Our email is gquorum at gmail.com. Voicemail 206-2020-BSG. Our website, galacticacorum.com. Send us feedback. Send us questions. You can email us. Um, if you'd like to send us an MP3 version of a question, go ahead and send that. We might play it on the air. So until next time, bye-bye. Bye. Later. Big fanfic boy. A what? Big fanfic. Oh no! Uh, <laughs> oh, crap! I thought our heat was broken. <laughs> it was according to my office. Edit number two. <laughs> okay, the air conditioner just blew on, so if we sound like we're in a wind tunnel, please damn forgive air, us. Damn airlocks. <laughs> we are not in a studio environment, I'm sorry. Where's the chief? We're venting. Yeah. Sick Cali in the hole. hole. <laughs> Jinx. <laughs> Who's got the biggest butt? <laughs> Don't look at me. <laughs> <laughs>